Hello Blazers, welcome to episode 55 of UAB Green and Told. Original air date, Monday, September 27th, 2021. Through this podcast, we are able to share stories from members of the UAB community. You can listen into all of our episodes on Spotify and the Apple Podcasts app. And while you're there, I'd love for you to leave a written review so it can reach more alumni. I'm Greg Berry, a UAB alum and assistant director in the Office of Alumni Affairs. UAB is getting set to open a new home for Blazer football. So today, we catch up with Athletic Director Mark Ingram. As Mark will share, a lot of thought went into building a new stadium, including things that you may not normally think about. What about that locker room from that stadium and the recruiting lounge from this other stadium? And, and, and maybe we can't do it exactly the same, but just the idea of trying to have a certain type of space. While others have constructed colossal coliseums large enough to hold considerable cities, that wasn't the case for Birmingham's protective stadium. And as Mark will explain, that was done by design. You know, in the modern era, Greg, you've got so many options to stay at home and watch games on television that building an 80,000-seat stadium is, for us, would have been unwise. When the Blazers debut Protect a Field, it'll be the latest part of a ready-to-be-made movie script that's been years in the making. It's a a fairy tale type story to have gone from a team that had been invited to one bowl game in 25 years. October 2nd, 2021 is a big day for UAB and Blazer football fans everywhere. It's the day the football team will move into a new home protective stadium. The near $200 million state-of-the-art stadium will bring alumni and fans into Birmingham's Uptown District. While the debut of Protective Stadium is imminent, the entire process is several years in the making. It really goes back to May, June of 2015 when we reinstated football. And uh, Dr. Watts said to me, we will not reinstate our football program if we do not have a better practice facility. So we were committed to building a practice facility and talk to community members about forming, you know, a fundraising, a volunteer fundraising committee to assist with that as we designed it. And, and then of course, raised the funds for it and built it. And in doing that, that allowed us to, to recruit the kind of talent that, that you've seen on the field win the last three Western Division titles and two out of the last three championships. And so as that momentum occurred with the practice facility, and I remember being at the ribbon cutting with a number of our city council and our mayor, and the conversation shifted to what's next for football and that sort of reinstatement of football, but also the immediate success that we had in football is what ignited uh, this conversation around the stadium that has been going on, as I'm told, for somewhere in the neighborhood of 25 to 40 years about a new football stadium. And so I think everybody around the project agrees that if it weren't for UAB football, the conversation would have been, you know, kind of dead in the water. But we were able to sort of come in and and uh, get everybody excited about that discussion again. And then, of course, it's taken a lot of different people supporting it to make it happen. But uh, again, there would have been no no great need for it if we weren't here. And this has been a long process because you mentioned 2015. 
And then 2016, the announcement was made by the BJCC that, you know, we're going to start moving forward with this project and see what we can do in terms of the stadium. People don't realize how long projects like this actually take, do they? Yeah, we had to amend the constitution of the state of Alabama. You know, we've that's another thing. I remember being at, it was the fall of 15 and 16, when we were uh, trying to get an amendment called Amendment 14 is what it was that we needed to vote on statewide that would allow us to spend our tax dollars locally uh, and make a decision for how those dollars were spent locally uh, rather than the statewide uh, legislators in Montgomery dictating that. Why would you, and it makes sense, right? Like why would a representative from Birmingham be permitted to weigh in on how the tax dollars in Mobile were spent in Mobile? That makes all the sense in the world. And it, it also helps us fund our schools and our first responders. It's not just a stadium issue. It's a, but but uh, getting that amendment passed um, allowed us to use some, some rental car tax dollars that were already allocated for this, but allowed us to, the, the mechanism to occur that, that we could use those dollars. So, I mean, it, it, it's not just how big is it, how many suites will it have, and where is it going to be? It, it gets really complicated in terms of where is the funding going to come from, and you have to be very creative with that, and, and we have been. And, and again, you get the city and the county and local business leaders and the BJCC and these tax dollars and so on all together to come up with the funding for this project. And it's a, it's a great thing, you know, to see what we, what can be done when everybody works together. How important was it to have that seat at the table during this entire process as an administrator looking forward to becoming that main tenant? You know, I've been involved in a lot of facilities projects, which includes building arenas and renovating a football stadium. I've never built a football stadium from the ground, but uh, done a lot of renovation work at stadiums and and therefore toured a lot of them to try to get ideas. I felt appreciated being there and and I think pretty quickly was was able to show, hey, there's some some knowledge here and some value in having us at the table in terms of the design and amenities and things that are important to fans and, you know, how the event is going to go and how you design the thing with, with the fans in mind and how they use it in the modern era. It's very different than how fans went to games 50 years ago. So yeah, it was good to, to, to be able to have my input and share our thoughts and that wasn't our money. Right. So it's always easy to spend somebody else's money, but, but that, that was good to be able to, to do that. What were the important aspects of the stadium that UAB wanted to bring into it? Because obviously we had been at Legion Field for years upon years. So now we're moving into something else and we can tweak things a little bit. Well, one of the things that uh, our fans are going to enjoy is you can walk all the way around the stadium and see the field from the concourse. So you can walk around the main concourse level and be in line for a hot dog, let's say, and and still be able to turn around and see the field. But there's more concession stands and more restrooms uh, than ever before, which means hopefully that means no lines. Um, and you you ought to be able to avoid that. And I, that should be nice. And then, you know, just anything that's new is therefore cleaner. Uh, and, and you have the ability to keep it cleaner uh, with just modern design. And there's a drink rail at the top of the seating bowl all the way around the, the seating bowl. 
So, you know, you get that hot dog and that drink and you can sit it on the on this little countertop. You know, you got the drink rail that allows you to, you know, put the mustard on your hot dog without having to go and eat on your lap, you know, down at your seat. So that, that, that's just a very little thing. But um, I also think that the location there at Uptown uh, will let people go and maybe have lunch before a game or catch dinner after a game, that kind of thing. I think it's going to be really good for fan engagement around the stadium. Talk a little bit about the setting because Uptown is an up and coming area. Top Golf, you've got the restaurants, obviously, you got the BJCC kind of enjoying a renaissance. But how important was it for that location for the football stadium? You've seen uh, at a lot of communities how building a stadium in a downtown setting can really help to revitalize that area. And, and I would assume this will be the, the same. And I've seen some preliminary plans of, of some development just north of the stadium headed down Caraway Boulevard, which is really exciting for that area and for the for the neighborhood around it. Uh, but we designed the stadium to do our best to to keep it from being some colossal thing that cast a shadow on the neighborhood. That that's not what we wanted and it, it will hopefully also keep the sound volume down uh, for the residents of that area. So trying to be respectful without having this big tall towering structure. And we think we've done that. It should help with the sound too. But I think the downtown setting is terrific. There's a lot of parking down there. It's different. It'll be different tailgating, tailgating on the rooftop of a garage instead of a, you know, just sort of a large open parking lot. Uh, you know, you take a place like Wrigley Field that has no parking, you know, so it, it certainly can be done. So with the more intimate environment that Protective is going to offer its fans. Were there stadiums, universities you were looking at kind of as possible models of what you wanted to include? Yeah, some of the ones that we that we looked at were TCU, Baylor, Colorado State. They all had features about their stadiums that we really liked. We were able to look at, uh, we visited Tennessee and visited uh, Auburn and in Alabama and looked at different things to, to just get ideas. You know, you're trying to just get, if I could take, just take that seating area from, from this stadium and what about that locker room from that stadium and the recruiting lounge from this other stadium and, and, and maybe we can't do it exactly the same, but just the idea of trying to have a certain type of space and how this space interacts with the other space. Then we have a banquet room that's like a recruiting lounge on game day how does that interact with our locker room in proximity and and how is it in relationship to where the recruits themselves will sit those little things you can do when you build it from the ground up you can do it intentionally when you think of that in advance and so that's some some things for example we'll have that most schools of any level don't have um and we'll have it uh here at uab and it'll be tremendous it'll be a tremendous asset a lot of thought went into Protective Stadium and including a study on the sun setting because with a new location, you're going to have new angles from the sun. There's not going to be a bad seat in the house when it is all said and done. Talk a little bit about just the thought that went into all of the details. Yeah, so that was one actually that was a good catch by us uh, pointing out that the original design was to have the field run east-west instead of north-south, and a football field needs to run north-south. And that's because uh, you don't want a quarterback throwing east or west into the sun or a receiver trying to catch the ball looking into the sun. Uh, and then it becomes very dangerous. A defender can can hit them. They're, they're, they're turned around, uh, crossing the middle of the field and 
looking back at a quarterback and staring into the sun and then, you know, a safety hits them coming across the middle and they never see them because just, you know, that angle is so difficult and that sun can be really piercing into your eyes. So you run you run the football field north-south so that uh, you avoid avoid that. So that was a an important piece for us. And yeah, we were able to to get in there and, and make that change so that, so that, uh, and that, you know, it, it impacted how the, the relationship of the stadium on the site, but it, it's worked out really well. Approximately 45,000 seats. Is that kind of the sweet spot for a stadium like this? I think the total capacity is 45. Um, you know, that's a little bit larger than we probably would have liked, but, um, you know, we're, while we are the main tenant bowl game, Birmingham bowl will play there and, other events so it was it was about trying to find a a stadium size that made sense for everybody but i think when you look at the stadiums that i mentioned they're all in that well not all tcu baylor and colorado state are in that sort of 40 to forty-five thousand range and um you know in the modern era greg you've got so many options to stay at home and watch games on television that building an eighty thousand seat stadium is for us would have been unwise. Now for others, maybe not, but for us uh, with the number of games that are on TV and the way people view games through through their phones and, you know, other, other mediums, um, yeah, we felt like that was a better number for us. With a new home, is there gonna be a new look at different promotions, new features that fans can expect as they walk through the turnstiles? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you'll see some some familiar things from the past too. You know, we are doing oversized tailgate spaces in an area we're doing. Uh, we have a partnership with a, a tent company, uh, Game Day Done Right, who will, you know, preset, you know, a tent for you and put tables and chairs out for you, which is something we had done in the past. So you, we're going to have some of the same old things. Um, our team walk is going to be really exciting uh, from where they start. They'll start at Eugene's Hot Chicken and they'll uh, walk by the parking garage and through uptown and into the plaza. And I think that'll really feel like a great parade style entrance uh, for those who park in that garage next to the, that's above Eugene's uh, behind the Weston Hotel. Uh, so our, our vision is we want our fans, you know, kind of leaning over the balcony and over the side of the garage and cheering as the players come in. It'll be a real hero's welcome, I think, for our, for our team to experience when, when they walk into the stadium. I think it'll be a lot of fun. With you so close to everything that's been going on, what are some interesting nuggets about the stadium that people may not know, but you find kind of fun? In the club seating area, there are these huge sliding glass doors that will open the room up to make a big indoor-outdoor kind of space that uh, is unique to our stadium. I've not seen that in in college football before. I'm not saying nobody has it. I just haven't ever seen it. Not quite like this. We're going to have cabanas in the end zone that are like outdoor suites. And we haven't really had that before. I think that'll be fun. Uh, these, uh, it's just like a private area, but it's a cabana, but, but it will have service, uh, you know, catering and that kind of thing. That'll be a lot of fun. We're going to have, um, we're going to really encourage young kids to sit uh, in the north end zone where we can, you know, when our players score a touchdown, we want, you know, think of the 10-year-old boys and girls down there high-fiving our players uh, at the end. We've designed a really special student seating area um, that has a big plaza for them to just kind of socialize 
in the south end zone below the the replay board. I think I think our students are going to love that. Um, so I, I'm I'm excited about those things that are different, but all part of the thinking when we were designing the stadium and and designing the seating area and where everybody would be. And we started with them. The, the first group we asked, where do you want to sit, was the band. And then the next group we asked was was the student government. Where do you want to sit? This is where the band is going to be. Where do you want to be? And, and they had their pick of a lot of spots, but we thought they would want this area that they chose, and they did. And uh, those, those things are all going to be fun for, for people that attend, I think. How far has UAB football come since 2014, bringing the team back, getting the new practice facility, and now a new stadium? You know, arguably the biggest turnaround in college football history. I mean, it's a, a fairy tale type story to have gone from a team that had been invited to one bowl game in 25 years and, and then reinstate the program and do as well as we have over these last few seasons. I mean, to, to play four seasons and have four straight bowl games and three division titles and two championships is highly uncommon. And, and yeah, build that practice facility and now build a $200 million or nearly $200 million football stadium. I mean, it's just a, you could not have scripted it better for a movie and you couldn't, you could never have predicted it. You never could have planned it like this. It's just the culmination of people's enthusiasm for UAB as the largest employer in our state and recognizing how important UAB is to the city of Birmingham and people wanting that are passionate about Birmingham, wanting to help Birmingham thrive and, and understanding that it, by helping UAB athletics, it helps drive enrollment to UAB. And, uh, and that's good for our community, the one that we live in, regardless of where you may have gone to school yourself. If you live here and you understand the economics of that and how supporting UAB is good for you, uh, that's how we've gotten here. It's people really believing in that. Is there going to be any point where you can just sit back and go, all right, this is done. Retirement. <laughs> I'm a long way from retirement, but uh, that's probably the earliest I could ever consider being able to relax. And, you know, um, you can't, you can't be complacent. You, you know, you've got to continue to build your program because someone else is, you know, someone else is, is working on it. Somebody else is trying to get better all the time. You know, so you've got to uh, you've got to be uh, engaged, and you've got to be uh, trying to make progress in the entire program, not just football and all of your sports teams, because all your competitors are doing it. So if you're not doing it, you're falling behind. You touch on the rest of the athletics department. It was a successful 2020, 2021 for the entire department because men's golf had a fantastic year. Basketball was solid. Softball was strong. Talk a little bit about the success that the rest of the teams have had as well going into the fall. It was the most successful year comprehensively in our school history. We won more games and finished ranked higher than any year in school history. Uh, you, you said it. So men's basketball finished third. Our men's golf team went to the NCAA championship finals in Scottsdale, Arizona. Our volleyball team made the conference tournament for the first time in eight years. Our uh, beach volleyball team uh, cracked the top 25 for the first time in school history. Uh, our women's tennis team won more matches than they've won uh, since 2003. Our softball team played in the, ch in the conference championship 
game. We did not win that game, but we were in the championship game. These are just some, you know, off the top of my head uh, that I, you know, we had three young ladies from our track team go to the NCAA uh, regional qualifier, women's soccer uh, finished fourth. You know, so we, we, we had a really, really strong year and we won three tournaments in women's golf. Just uh, really pleased with the success of our department, the success of our programs. We're not where we want to be yet. You know, we broke ground on a basketball practice facility that we're excited about that I think will give our men's and women's basketball teams an opportunity to really compete all the time with starting with the talent that we've got. It, it provides a, a place where they can train all the time, but it'll help us in recruiting future great players as well. And that's something that we needed badly. I mean, nearly everybody in the country has that, and we did not. And um, so we, we had really fallen behind from a basketball facility standpoint with it, with not having that. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting to see things really starting to turn. Uh, my first year here, we won the men's basketball regular season championship, but I'm not sure that another team had a winning record. I'm sure that's not true, but it was close, you know. It, and uh, to now – to have flipped that to the opposite, to where most everybody had a winning record and it was actually just a few who didn't, um, that's really exciting. Obviously, you measure success with wins. You measure success with championship banners. But what else does the athletic department use to deem a successful year? Well, we tell our student-athletes we have three core values, win championships, graduate with honors, and make a difference. And so we're winning a lot of games, but I tell them when they, if they visit here as a recruit, I want to explain what, what all these three things mean. So winning championships does not mean winning games. You know, so I'll say, I need you to understand that winning is not the goal. Winning is not the goal. Winning is the expectation. We're recruiting you because you're good. We expect you to win. We are asking you to stretch and win a championship. That is the goal. And it's the same thing in the classroom academically. We have a tremendous support system around our students uh, to help them be successful. So even though a lot of people go to college, not just student athletes, a lot of people go to college, unsure of their ability to graduate, nervous about it, uh, nervous about being away from home and can I do this? But with the support system that we have around them, graduation is going to happen. If they will just provide the effort we ask, they will graduate. So graduation is also not the, the goal. But like a championship, let's stretch and let's graduate with honors because you can do that and we're going to help you. And then make a difference is in our community. And we provide, uh, pride ourselves in providing a lot of community service hours. Last year, we ranked 10th nationally in the number of community service hours that we provided uh, Birmingham. Uh, we spent a lot of time at Children's Hospital and at the Glen Iris School and at Epic School. And we built habitat houses and, you know, a lot of good things for the, the Birmingham area, but specifically downtown Birmingham. And our, our student athletes have embraced that. Our staff embraces that. And it's part of who we are. So uh, we're proud of all those things. You know, we finished uh, with a 3.38 GPA this past semester. You take 400 student athletes and you average their grade point average and it's a 3.38. That's pretty darn good. Um, so we're, we're really proud of the hard work that, and the effort that they put in. So what drives Mark Ingram? Well, uh, this, there's still a lot of good work to be done here uh, to, to be the quality of program that we're capable of. Uh, so 
I said uh, in my first days here, maybe at my first press conference, when I took the job, uh, easy is boring. You know, I'm not interested in easy. I'm not interested in uh, a place where you just kind of put your feet up on the desk and smoke cigars and, and just watch cash roll in and, you know, stack trophies around the, the shelves. I mean, anything you've got to earn that you've got to work for is so much more valuable and you appreciate it so much more than, than something that you just inherit that's a, a Ferrari. And, uh, and we're building it now. We're getting there and that's been a lot of fun and, and that's what drives me is, is what I know we can be. You know, I, I say in our groundbreaking events that we're breaking ground on this facility or we're cutting the ribbon on this facility. Uh, why are we doing it? Well, because we're trying to emulate the world-class education that our student athletes get in the classroom. We want to provide that same experience to them as a student athlete uh, on the field or the court or whatever. And that's why we're doing this. And, and we're going to continue to do that. And I think our results are speaking for themselves in terms of our plan and, and how that's worked. You've been here now for seven years. Where's the program going to be in 10 years? And this is the program being the entire athletic department. We want to be in the top third of Conference USA in every single sport, because if we're in the top third, we have a legitimate chance at winning a championship. And we want to win championships, right? We want to do that in everything we can. So, but, but being realistic to our coaches, if we provide them the facilities and resources to be competitive, we think we can do that. So, you know, yeah, I'm in my seventh year now. Uh, I think by year 10, we will be in a position to maybe say that in all sports. And that's, that's what's exciting to me. Today, we can say that in a lot of our sports, but not all of them. Uh, baseball, for example, is something I know we can be great at, like truly great at, but we got to provide the resources, right? We got to provide the stadium and, and the locker room facilities, that kind of thing, to really be competitive at the level we're capable. But um, I know we can do that here and, and we want to do that for everybody. That's Mark Ingram. In 2015, Mark was introduced as UAB's Director of Athletics. During his time at UAB, the Athletics Department has completed more than 20 projects, including BBVA Field, an eight-lane track, beach volleyball complex, and football practice facility. And as Director of Athletics, Mark definitely has an idea of what it means to be a Blazer. If you come here as a student athlete, you've gotta be committed to academic success, and athletic success. And I feel like we're a place that's proving that you can do both. You can be great academically and athletically. And uh, our, our students perform beautifully in the classroom and we're starting to, to compete for more and more championships. And, and that that's what a really well-rounded person is able to do. And UAB attracts that kind of student, which is exciting to me. And that's what I enjoy being around. Be sure to listen into previous episodes of UAB Green and Told. You can find all of them online at alumni.uab.edu slash greenandtold. Have a story to share? Email greenandtold at uab.edu. Finally, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search UAB Alumni. Thanks for listening, and until next time, go Blazers!